Hello. Welcome to the Slightly Unstable Podcast. I'm Kate. I'm Taylor. And we are so glad to have you here for episode seven of our lovely podcast. Taylor, I would ask how you're doing, but you've been blessed in my presence all week. That's one way to put it. Yep. Um, you've been stuck with me and our whole family for a whole week because we went to Disney World. Yes, we did. Yeah. That was a, a heck of a week. A good old um, Griswold vacation. We say a week. We were there, what, for like five? Y'all were there for a little longer than us, but like yeah. five days, five, six days. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Long enough. It was a blast, I have to say. It was fun. It was exhausting. It was a lot. Yeah, it was absolutely exhausting. Like, um, the entire week, <laughs> Lee and I totally bit off a lot uh, for yeah. this week. Because, uh, to a quick rundown, we went to a concert Friday night of the beginning of break. Right. Um, to see the Punch Brothers here in Atlanta. Great show. And then Saturday, got up and went to Athens uh, for my Sam. Or my Sam. My, Sam. <laughs> my friend Sam's birthday. He is my Sam. Yeah. Uh, my friend Sam's birthday and spent the night out there with them. Came home Sunday, did a ton of laundry and passed out. Then got up Monday, drove to Valdosta to see her sister mm-hmm. and break up the trip. Came down on Tuesday, left Saturday to go back to Valdosta to break up the trip again. And then came home Sunday Ugh. at like 6 p.m. And I was exhausted. I really needed like another day to recuperate. But Well, and you stopped by Papa's house. Yeah. And we, yeah. On Sunday. On the Sunday way back. On the way back. We stopped at Pop's for a couple hours. Yeah. You're too um, old to be doing that, man. It was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. But it was it was a blast. I wouldn't change any of it. But Yeah. Um it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh so what 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 did you like about the about our week away at the happiest place on earth? Um it was definitely the most stressful place on earth for moi. Mm-hmm. Um but it was so fun. It and, was a blast. And just having like our whole family there definitely made it better. You know? Um Absolutely. Taylor and I went with our grandparents when we were, it was in 98, Yeah, I think. Um, so you were four. Yes. And I don't know how and old I you was, were. And <laughs> I was eight. Okay. Yeah. Duh. Um, and that was the last time we had been, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, first, this is the, the last time I was in Orlando. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I went actually last year, but it right. was just kind of like a quick little rundown so much was closed and that was like two weeks after they had reopened right or something like that it was like shortly that. after yeah yeah i mean very quickly after um i walked onto everything so this go around i was like what the heck all i only the, rode three things all the disney people who happen to be listening to this are probably cringing at hearing you say you walked yes. on to a ride at disney i walked straight on to space mountain oh wow i walked straight on to peter pan I walked straight on to everything, honestly. I saw every square inch of every park, like, multiple times. Wow. Honestly, to the point, dare I say, we almost got bored. <laughs> because we've been to every, tar- yeah. every park, like, twice. Um, yeah. But, yeah, well. so we hadn't... So when we went in 98, we went with our grandparents. Um, and it was super fun. And I, I have a lot of memories from that trip. That's actually one of the, like, my earliest memories. And yeah. having that kind of recreated because we stayed, we camped at Fort Wilderness again. It was great. Yeah, it was totally like a, and I didn't even think about it while we were planning it, but it was totally a rehashing of that trip in a, in a cool way. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, and we, we still all love each other. <laughs> yeah. So. We came out on the other side of it, still a family, which yeah. is, you know. And we still like each other. Well, let's not go too far. Okay. But, um, um, but yeah, so it was super fun. Um, mom and dad survived. Yeah. That was good. Hunter didn't kill Blair. <laughs> I didn't die of a panic attack. So yeah, things were on the up and up. Well, I know we could, we could probably do an entire episode talking about that trip because yeah. there was so much that happened, but, um, tell me, let's do this. You tell me something that was stressful okay. and then tell me something that you loved. Okay. on the trip um the most stressful i f- i figured out every single morning like a, a park morning i was extremely stressed out and like short with hunter um and like needed and it, i think it was just like it was so much i was trying to do in like one hour you know it was like you have to get ready you have to get blair ready you have to make sure that you have everything in the diaper bag you have right. to make sure you have everything in the truck um 
And so I just had like a short fuse and thankfully like Hunter was so good this trip like on the way down I was just anxious about everything overall I was like anxious that like you all loved it and then I was anxious that like Blair behaved and that Hunter didn't want to kill Blair because Hunter doesn't do really good with Blair like acting out in public right um and I'm I'm much more patient in that area um and so I was like nervous about that I didn't know how the crowds were going to be I didn't know how hot it was going to be just like everything um to the point where I picked my nail polish off every finger on the way home <laughs> or on the way down. Um, I ended up just telling Hunter, I was just like, look, I'm just like extra stressed, you know, and I'm anxious and just, that's just, you just need to know where I'm at. Like, you don't have to fix anything. And yeah. he was so gracious with everything. Like he purposefully took on like not extra tasks, but he just took on I guess more than took things would, off of your plate. Yeah, normally do. Um, and he knew if like I was kind of acting short, like he would kind of call me out on it. But later, you know what I mean? And like not in the moment. Um, and yeah, and I was just able to be like, I'm just stressed out right now. And he would immediately like understand, you know what I mean? And not like just get offended if I was just like, Hunter, just get Blair, blah blah blah, or whatever. Um, so yeah, my low. I guess we're doing highs and lows. I just made it that. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically is what it is. <laughs> um, my low probably was, and I do this, and I've discovered it in therapy, making sure everybody has a great time. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. so, but it didn't damper my trip because actually I probably had low expectations and actually they were far exceeded yeah. in that area. Um, and then the great part was everybody had like a great time. I guess like, far exceeding the expectations Blair did super well yeah um in fact Hunter got grumpier than her one night (laughs) we were finishing out at Epcot a little late um and it was just super fun like it was seamless like nothing happened even if something happened it was fine um yeah yeah what about you um I think uh lows for me were just that like I, I and don't take this the wrong way I was not excited no, like I, because I because <laughs> I I don't I'm not a dis like I love Disney stuff but I'm not like a Disney World person yeah I mean because we just we just didn't grow up doing that so yeah it was we never like you know families now and you know God bless them but like there are families now who go once twice a year yeah and that's you know that's what they're into and their families love it and that's awesome but that is not what we did that wasn't so, us yeah um you know I just was kind of like but I have a lot of friends who are. Mm-hmm. And they always, when I told a couple of them I was going, they started giving like giving me a lot of things to be looking at before I go to make sure I was able to go do the things I wanted to do and all this other stuff. And it, and that whole system, like oh. Disney's whole system of like the lightning passes versus the genie thing and the <laughs> whatever, it's so complicated. And I was so stressed about that that I was like, I wasn't actually excited to go to Disney until we were on we passed through Florida on 75. Yeah. No, like, I was the exact same way, actually. Yeah. Like, I was like, I remember telling Leah, I was like, I'm finally getting excited. She's like, you aren't excited? I was like, <laughs> I really wasn't until just now. Like, I wasn't either. That's like, so funny. Yeah. But, um, so like that whole process and you helped me out a lot, making sure um, that I got to do the thing that ended up being my high, <laughs> which was the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride in galaxy's edge at hollywood studios oh my god i could do an entire i could do an entire episode talking about that (laughs) i'll just say this if you are a star wars fan and i know because people told me this and i thought i'd never get a chance to go and it's so expensive and all this other stuff but if you are a star wars fan you have to experience that at some point yeah it it is unbelievable well you know to hook you in for next year because we already planned it they're built. They're releasing some of their kind of Star Wars thingamajig, you know, because it's on the Disney maps and it says like coming twenty twenty two. So I have no idea what it is. I don't oh. do Star Wars, but um, even y'all, hearing y'all like so excited and hype about it, I want to do it. Oh yeah. And dare I say, even it, if you're not a Star Wars fan, it's still incredible. Yeah. So and I don't even want to say this out loud, but hearing you guys talk about it actually kind of made me want to watch. The newer Star Wars. Yeah. I know. But that's the thing, though. It's a rabbit hole because you really need to go back to the original trilogy before you watch the new trilogy. Or there's a lot of things. Four, five, six, or one, two, three. Okay, so the originals 
that came out in the late 70s and early 80s are 4, 5, and 6. Correct. Okay. Um, they weren't labeled that originally. Right. They became labeled that later. Then in the 90s and 2000s, we got 1, 2, and 3. Mm. Um, the the prequel trilogy. Right. And then in the past, since like 2012, we've had uh, when Disney bought Lucasfilm, that's when we got 7, 8, and 9. Oh. Which is what the ride is primarily focused on. Okay. I'm on a need-to-know basis. So you need to watch you 4, 5, and 6, out. and then <laughs> okay. you can watch 7, 8, and 9. <laughs> okay. That's how I did Harry Potter, remember? Oh, God, you did Harry Potter that way? I saw the first part of the seventh movie. God. That was my first one. I bet when you went back to the first movie, you were like, why is this all happy and whimsical? <laughs> right. Every, the part I saw was dark and <laughs> That's scary. probably why I loved it. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great movie. And then the other stuff, I got so bored. Yeah. I was like, meh. We're going to play a chess game. Yeah, it was yeah. too fun. They're riding yeah. on broomsticks and stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably offending and everybody. And we just lost half of our fan base. <laughs> all the Star Wars people and all the Harry All Potter, seven. Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, great. Thanks, Kate. So, Mom and Dad, thanks for staying with us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just a blast. And like you said, just having everybody there and having a lot of fun and I had a blast and I know Leah said she had a great time and um yeah it was just awesome I do have to bring up one more story yeah um and we don't have to tell it we can edit this out okay but can we tell our listeners about the turkeys oh of course we can tell them about the turkeys <laughs> I don't care <laughs> Oh my I thought gosh. you were gonna talk about me being constipated for four days yeah so we we're hanging out at the campsite at my mom and dad's camper, Blair had just had a bath, um, or yes. where's the pool? No, she had had a bath. She had, had a bath, yeah. And her hair was still wet. And you were trying to get her to let you brush her hair, and she was pitching a fit and didn't want to. Ha- she didn't like having her hair brushed, <laughs> and she was hollering, you know, and, all, and making all this noise because she didn't want her hair brushed. And after it was done, and she calmed down for a second, Leah came out of the camper and said, "Blair, like, are is that you making all this noise out here? I thought it was a bunch of turkeys." walking around well she said that because we actually had a ton of turkeys walking around our campsite all week right um and then why don't you pick up the story from there (laughs) so mom of the year over here um i I just simply told blair that the turkeys were going to come over to our campsite gobble at her very loudly and they were going to kick her out of the campground and yes it worked and yes, she's terrified of turkeys now. <laughs> I'm so, not kidding. It, it worked so well. And one happened to be behind our camper. So it comes lurking out and the fear on Blair's face. Oh, yeah. It lit a spark in me <laughs> as a mom. <laughs> and it worked. Yes. It worked. Anybody that's a parent, you know, like when you finally get that little vindictive little like, yeah, suck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how's that played out now at home, Kate? Is she, is, is it all incorrectly? Um, so actually I used it another day in Disney and Uh it worked. Um, and like turkeys, uh, they were literally everywhere in the campground. So it was easy to just be like, look, they're right there. They're patrolling. Yeah. Um, and so I, I used it at home once and then like I, she wouldn't let me brush her hair again. I was like, Blair, those turkeys followed us home. And she was like, uh. And then just kind of turned it back to me and let me brush her hair. But then that night, she was, you know, acting a fool. And Hunter goes, Blair, you know those turkeys are outside. And she just starts bawling her eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> those turkeys. Yeah, we got sent a, a video in the dark of Blair having a meltdown about the turkeys. <laughs> so we had to tell him that we were, we had to tell her that we were just being silly. And the turkeys aren't going to follow us. But so help me God. Next year, she's acting a fool. We're like, Blair, you know those turkeys from last year? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, no. I have to tell. This is completely unrelated, but it's just so good. Because I, um, I told some patients about that today. So my coworker's brother um, would tell his kids that he had a son before them named Timmy. But he was like acting a fool and everything. So he sold, them to the, sold him to the circus. And that... Like he doesn't, he just writes them every now and then, and like they kind of stay in touch. But he just let Timmy. It's an go. elaborate story. No, then he has on his like mantle or something where all the other picture frames are a stock image of a pic, like a little boy in a picture frame he bought, and he tells the he told the kids that that was Timmy. 
<laughs> and so the kids growing up to like eight or nine years old thought that they had an older brother named Timmy yeah. that was in the circus now. So I was well, like, I'm using that as soon as Blair understands that. I'm, I'm, I was making the joke about Blair being in college one day and her roommate in the dorm being like, why do you brush your hair every morning and every <laughs> night? And it's like you're obsessed with it. She's like, well, I don't want the turkeys to come get you. It's like one of those <laughs> hilarious things that kids grow up with that they don't realize are total lies total until they're lies. adults. Yes, she can fill yeah. out a BuzzFeed article later in life. Oh, uh, yeah, that'll work. That'll be something for her to do while she's in the waiting room at therapy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when she has to get slowly um, exposed yeah. to turkeys and the turkey yeah. gobble. Yeah. We'll have to. Um, it's okay. Thanksgiving will come around and I'll just tell her it was those turkeys. There you go. We killed them. We got them. Oh, well. Um, Kate, we actually had a topic for today now that we've spent a solid, you know, 15 minutes or so talking about Disney. Yes. And that lovely topic is depression. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> That'll be a great title. Disney and depression. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, so uh, we've talked before about um, a little bit about the difference between anxiety and depression. Yeah. And we've talked a little bit about kind of, I think I have talked a little bit about dealing with a little bit of depression. Yeah. During maybe. certain times in my life. But we haven't really kind of done a deep dive on what exactly are the differences and how it's affected us throughout our lives. Yes. And then our normal disclaimer, we're not professionals. Yep. Um, we say things wrong all the time. And yeah, don't take anything to heart. It's just our experience. And hopefully it kind of normalizes it. And if you're listening, you feel um, like you're in good company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, it helps to talk. Yeah. It helps to talk about this stuff because I know that that was a big thing for me uh, kind of when I first got on anxiety medication mm-hmm. um, was like finding out other people were on it too. Like it was a huge thing for me. Right. Like not that I felt bad about being on it. I really didn't at that point. At that point I was so desperate for help that I was like, okay, whatever. You know. Right. Yeah. I don't care if somebody thinks a certain way about it, but it was yeah. very nice hearing other people talk about their struggles and talk about their medications and their story of getting on or off medication or whatever the issue was, um, it helped a lot. So hopefully this, uh, even though it it's kind of a downer to talk about, but yeah. uh, hopefully it'll, I don't know, maybe help somebody yeah. to hear somebody else talk about it. Actually kind of piggyback, back, piggy back, whatever that phrase is. Piggybacking. Piggybacking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, biggie packing on what you said. <laughs> um, people that I talk to about that are on, or talk to that are on medication, about medication, like how it's going for them, they don't feel the full benefits of medication or they're having much more side effects than like those are outweighing the benefits, um, whatever it may be. But I'm like, well, maybe you should try something else, you know, and you should talk to your doctor. And they're just like, well, like, eh, I don't know. I don't really want to talk to my doctor. And that's where I was. Right. Um, my first therapist was the one that called me out and was like, you're having so much anxiety to be medicated. That doesn't even make sense. And it turns out I was on like a stupid low um, dose of Zoloft. And even like my psychiatrist now is like, what the heck? Like, why were you even on that? Um, so... But there's still, I think, some people go back and forth with they don't want to see a psychiatrist. They'd rather just stay with, like, a family primary care physician or, like, a gynecologist. So hopefully that changes, too. I didn't realize it was so kind of... The stigma. Yeah, and, like, kind of two-tiered. It's like they did that first jump of getting on medication, but it's not working out, and now you're kind of in peril because then you probably have more anxiety about another medication not working and all that stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Um, it there the stigma still is pretty real mm-hmm. in the world today. That, now I will say that it's way better. Oh yeah, than it's ever been. But yeah, something I've never thought about that. But that jump from, well, I'm just getting medication from my primary care doctor. I guess to some people maybe feels better than them actually going to a psychiatrist because going to psychiatrist is kind of admitting that something is wrong in your mind. Yeah, um, I did that. Uh, yeah. I, and I totally understand that. But what I would say to that is like, but you wouldn't go to your primary care physician if you had cancer. 
Yeah. And you wouldn't go to your primary care physician if you had, you know, a very specific thing you needed treatment for, a specific disease, a specific issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's only so much your primary care doctor is going to be able to do. And there's only, and nothing is primary care doctors, but they're primary care for a reason. They have a broad knowledge mm-hmm. of, but maybe not as deep as someone who specializes in that area. Yes. So it really does make a difference to go, you know, see someone who, if if you feel like you, if the meds aren't right and nothing seems to be working, maybe it's time to, to take that next step to go see a psychiatrist and, and have them take a look and see what, what they would recommend. Yeah. Even if you don't do a medicine change, I think just kind of checking in with one. And I mean, the people I see there, I had already gotten switched to Lexapro and he was just like, you like that? Good. Let's stay on it. You know, but at least you have, like you said, that specialist over right. that plan of care for your treatment. And yeah, you wouldn't go to a cardiologist for your foot. Right. You wouldn't. Um, that makes total sense. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the differences between anxiety and depression. Kate, you had a line, might have been episode one. I don't remember. I started excellent. So yeah, probably. I think so. But you had a line talking about the difference between anxiety and depression. Do you remember this? Yes. What was that? Um, anxiety is future. Depression is past. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. Um, I had a couple people say something about that line. Like they've never thought about that before. And it kind of clicked with them like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems kind of obvious. But at the same time, I'd never thought about it that way before. Um but yeah, it totally is. Um, as far as symptoms go, though, I don't know how much experience you've had with depression. We've actually never talked about it. Yeah, but I think we have. Um, do you feel like there were times where you've switched from one to the other, or you felt both at the same time, or what was the difference, and what did that feel like? Um, I've had experiences with both. Like I've had where it was just mainly kind of depression, and then in my adult life. Now that I'm kind of doing double duty sometimes, um, it's overlapping. Hmm. Um, And I was actually, so I started reading this new book called Rewire Your Anxious Brain by Catherine Pittman and Elizabeth Carl. I'm assuming it's K-A-R-L-E. It kind of talks about like the neurotransmitters in your brain and all that stuff. And somewhere in there it was talking, it was saying you're, trying to control the uncontrollable and it was either that or either I was looking on the um, anxiety and depression association of America website. Um, either one are great resources. Um, yeah. So you're trying to control the uncontrollable. So somebody who has anxiety, you're thinking about the future and the what ifs and you're very anxious. So you're trying to worry or you're not you're trying to you're trying to control the situation via worrying and creating a plan and all that stuff then on the depression side you can't change the past and that's completely uncontrollable but that like that's where say something happened in the past and then it's created this like lull in your happiness and you can't go back and change it but you're also stuck there Mm -hmm. you know so that kind of put two and two together for me um it, like i guess going back on the future versus past it's all un- uncontrolling uncontrollable yeah <laughs> <laughs> i said the same word much too many times um but yeah does that make sense to you yeah absolutely um yeah there's a, there really is a, a difference um i was thinking though like how does it affect your body when you switch into that depression Mm-hmm. Does anything change for you or does it feel like the same thing and just now the anxiety is causing depression? Um, so I guess like I honestly don't really dabble in depression that much. Uh-huh. Um, where I do, it's honestly kind of related to my cycle I've noticed. Um, and then just kind of randomly, I don't know, I haven't, it doesn't happen frequent enough that I can pinpoint it, but I'll tell Hunter sometimes I'm like, just everything just feels so heavy. Yeah. And that's really all I have. Like, I think I had a depressive episode in high school. Not, I think, I know I had looking back. Um, it took me years to realize before, before I realized that it was. Yeah. And 
it was the like I physically can't get out of bed I just want to stay here I get home and I could just sit on my bed all day and lay around yeah um kind of like emotionless and so that's different for me because anxiety I'm like 90 miles an hour yeah yeah doing zoomies in my brain and then if they overlap um it kind of feels like I have so much and it's so overwhelming Mm -hmm. that I have so much I need to get done and it's also like I have so much I have to do yeah you know what I mean um so you have all the stuff that you have to do, but it's completely overwhelming. So you don't want to get out of bed and you're like, okay, I'll just like do it later. And you just really can't get your mind to it right now. But then your anxiety is like, what if you don't do it? Like, you know, and then you yeah. have all this tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. And that kind of, it's kind of like a devil and a devil on your shoulder. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> it really is. It's awful. What about for you? I, the way you described it is pretty accurate. Um, I... It took me a long time to realize that this thing I do, like the ups and downs, Mm -hmm. is depression. And it wasn't until I got into the most, like, depressed I've ever been. Um, And that was uh, pretty much right after I got let go from the church. Um, I, I, yeah, there was nothing I wanted to do. Like, it wasn't like I didn't want to do anything. There was nothing that could have gotten me out of it. You know? Yeah. Um, the problem with that is I know how to put on a good face. Yeah. Um, and so I would do that as best of my ability. And then I would go home and just kind of fall apart. Yeah. Um, but talking about why not wouldn't get out of bed. Like <laughs> the symptoms for me with depression, like the anxiety kind of is there, but it goes on the back burner. Okay. Um, the depression is first and foremost. There were, let, let's kind of play it on the timeline. Me, pretty soon, within like a couple of weeks after I got let go, I had a job interview mm-hmm. and got that job. And I was working for the IT department of a large uh, orthopedic clinic that was very, very prominent in Metro Atlanta. Um, and I actually liked that job. Yeah. Um, I had no problems with the job. But when you put someone who is that depressed and now I'm getting up at like mm, a little after 5 a.m. so that I can be out the door by 545 so that I can maybe make Mm -hmm. it to what essentially was across the street from Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta. So all the way there by like seven so that I could start my day and kind of miss some traffic. Right. Like instead of an hour and a half, that might trim my time down to like an hour and 15 and yeah. I could just be there and just, you know, miss a lot of the traffic. And I ha- I just had to because it, it was one of those places and people who live in Atlanta understand this completely. <laughs> but if I left my house at, at 545, I would be there usually by seven. If I left my house at six o'clock, I wouldn't be there until 730 or later. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> the 15 minutes on the front end created 30 or 45 minutes on the back end. So there were times like I I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to take a shower. I didn't want to brush my teeth. I didn't want to put on clean clothes. I didn't want to like I didn't want to speak to anyone. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to uh I didn't want to feel better. Yeah. Like and that's that's the scary part. Yeah. Is like not only am I so deep in this that I can't function, I don't want to function. Mm. you know and and there were many mornings like on the weekends or or even that little short window when i was you know waking up with nothing to do every day yeah that i would just like lay in bed and just stare at the ceiling like Mm. because it was like i i there's nothing to get out of bed for and then when you mix in the fact that my marriage wasn't going so well up front either um it was it was way more than I could handle. Yeah. And then I started as it got, as time went on, it did get a little better and I kind of got into the flow of things. Um, but it was, it was really tough there for probably almost a year. Yeah. That's that was um, gonna be my next question. And then like later on towards the end of that, I started realizing like, 
this is the worst it's been, but I know for a fact that there have been times in my life where I've been like this. You're right. Um, and I mean, going back to like high school. Yeah. Um, and those ups and downs were short enough that I was like, okay, I'm just feeling blue. Mm-hmm. And then I would have a day where I was just blue or have a couple days where I just felt like that. And then I'd get over it and move on. Um, but this time there was no just getting over it. Like mm-hmm. it was crippling. Um, so it was. And this was all stemming from the job loss? Just everything. Yeah. Just your whole circumstance. My whole circumstance. Um, yeah. Because it, yeah, it was like nowhere was there a place where it was better. Yeah. Like there was nowhere I could physically be where I was like, okay, well, at least I'm home now, or at least I'm at work now, or at least I'm, right. you know, like, out, you know, whatever. Like it was, it was miserable. Yeah. Um, but that, that period of my life was probably the, one of the toughest as yeah. far as like being able to function and be, a, honestly, it feels like just being a human. Yeah. Um, and that was really tough as far as symptoms go. Like, yeah, I mean, just just being lethargic, like just not wanting to do anything. I normally am somewhat of a people person. I like to talk to people and hang out and everything, but I would just, you know, come into work, stare at my computer, do I need to do, only really speak when I was spoken to, Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's funny because when we talked about, maybe it was your episode, or no, it wasn't that. It was later than that. I don't know. Somewhere along the lines, we have talked about where you kind of had you accomplished so many things in that year. Actually, yeah. Remember, because I was just like you had that job interview, and then like you did this, and you are. It ended up being kind of a solid. Um, it was a temporary position. It became more permanent. Right. You were able to complete your t- teaching certificate, all this stuff. So you actually accomplished a lot. But like you said, you were putting on the happy face. And that's where a lot of people right. are. That was honestly, that was fight or flight. Like that was like, mm-hmm. if this is, ever, if I'm ever going to feel any better about my life, I have to do this. So yeah. there's, I have no option. But thank God you had that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because people just leave it at, I have no option. Right. Absolutely. Like there was that little bit in me still mm-hmm. that was like, well, I, I don't want to exist today. Like I don't want to be involved in anything going on in the world, but yeah. <laughs> I have this paper due. And <laughs> if I ever want to feel like a normal person again, I have to do this paper. Right. Um, and so I would just knock it out. But yeah, like the putting things off the when you're <laughs> i have a natural tendency to procrastinate anyway yes and then when you mix that in with depression uh yeah and then <laughs> and then you're going back to get your master's degree it is pretty terrible yeah so geez at least yeah that's interesting to kind of overlap those because we really just had that conversation because i made a joke saying it was your hot girl summer yeah <laughs> <laughs> but apparently yeah. it wasn't yeah and honestly, like, it was from that point, it was still like two years before I got on medication. Yeah. And yeah, that was the the part that I look back now and go, how did I do that? How mm-hmm. did I do that? Um, but ultimately, it worked out. I think, like you said, though, it's that kind of... Everybody jokes about those like web browsers open in the back of your mind. I think it's kind of like that. Like yeah. you have something behind you and it's just kind of pushing you along, even though you're kind of just stumbling along. It's like you're pushing Blair around, you know, and she's yeah. just kind of wavering and yeah. you have something. And that's the way I looked at it. It was just like, I just have to get through today. Mm-hmm. Like that was be, that would always be my mentality when I woke up was this is awful, but I just have to get through today or even some days I just need to get to work. Yeah. Like I can get to work and then hopefully it'll be a slower day and it won't be too crazy and I can just chill and kind of, you know, have some silence. <laughs> right. Um, and then, you know, it, it just, it, it was a day by day thing and it was taking it one day at a time, one step at a time and 
over in overtime that finally got me through it. Yeah. But I I needed medication. <laughs> like I, I'm not saying I, oh you can do it don't use it no yeah, yeah. I needed medication yeah <laughs> uh, that would have been a lot easier of a process if there I had that. been medicated for sure and, and I only say that knowing what it did for me when I finally got on I'm not saying everybody needs to be on medication or you know like we said we're not professionals but yeah that's your that hindsight. for me hindsight it would have helped a lot to have had uh something talking about getting through the day that's what I tell Hunter sometimes like after I'm kind of getting out of this and it's definitely when my depression or my anxiety I don't want to even claim that I have depression because I don't think I've I mean I don't know I've never even gone down that hole it's never been a topic in therapy um but when I do have those days where it is coming out a little more um but it's depression and, and anxiety I'll wake up and I'm just like, I can't wait to go to bed tonight. And that's not me being like a nap lover and loving laying in bed just because I'm kind of lazy. It's just like, I can't wait to turn my brain back off. And yeah. that's I've been there a lot, especially since like having Blair. I remember being there um, after I had Blair, kind of like some postpartum depression, I guess. Um, the kind of I remember stacking up my Netflix with like a watch list I don't know if I've said this before I made a whole list on Netflix of Christmas movies that were dumb like Hallmark <laughs> movies that I would never and I just I made it enough to where it was like 12 hours because I was like at least I can just like focus on this yeah because I don't know how I'm gonna get through a newborn because Hunter will be at the station and then I remember getting so much like anxiety and dread because like I remember I would hate seeing the sun go down because mm. we weren't sleeping well. Um, we were the horrid sleeper and we would be, I would be up every two hours with her. We were sleeping in a recliner. It was just a hot mess for eight weeks. And I just remember having the almost utmost like anxiety seeing the sun go down because I was just like oh my gosh like I pray she kind of sleeps tonight and like I hope like we at least get like one hour that it's a three hour stretch and all this stuff and then also having kind of depression because I remembered every other night and yeah. it just sucked yeah. you know and yeah I remember having the same thing uh like being sad that it was time to go to bed because it was like this catch point too. It's like, if I don't go to bed early, then the morning will suck even more than it already does. <laughs> yes. Um, but going to bed early makes me sad because this is my only me time. Right. And yes. now I have to stop and do this part that literally sucks the life out of me mm -hmm. for the rest of it. And keep in mind, I was getting off at like five and or 435 and then driving a solid two hours home a lot yeah. of days. So we're talking about I'm at home dinner time or later eating, having like a couple hours and then like really needing to go to bed. Yeah. So it was just, it was so much. I mean, it was, they were solid 11, 12 hour days. Um, and doing that for that long and I'm depressed on top of everything else and I'm going back to school. It was just miserable. Man. Absolutely miserable. You've triumphantly come out of that, though. Yeah, well. I know you went through hell and back, though. But, but uh, yeah, I did. And when we talk about, like, we can't wait to go to bed tonight, for me, it's not like, like I said, it's not because I love naps. Because I remember before Blair, um, those station days were me days. And I would get so excited to come home from work. And I would literally be, like, in just a shirt, no pants, eating, I don't know how much food in bed <laughs> at like seven o'clock. And I was living my best life. That <laughs> was happiness. <laughs> but <laughs> when I'm talking about like this, where the depression is coming on, it's like, it's, it's out of like necessity that I, I like, I have to go to bed. I have to turn my brain off. Um, right. So that's the biggest thing. What kind of, or did you have any coping strategies? Oh yeah. Um, I guess we both kind of expressed we didn't really know we were in 
depression until we got yeah, off it. Yeah, right. And I think part of <laughs> this is going to sound really sad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> this sounds really sad. Like I just played this in my brain. I was like, oof, this sounds so sad. But literally my only like those moments where I'm like, I have to go to bed now or tomorrow's going to suck. I would literally lay in bed and just like dream about things being better. Uh oh, yeah. Like it would give me some little inkling of happiness enough to like calm me down. Yeah. And then get me calm enough to go to sleep. But yeah. that was, I, and you know this, like sleep issues run in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad, not so much now, but when he was younger, had a lot of sleep like problems and night terrors <laughs> yes. and things like that. My mom has, has, has had issues with sleep yeah. our entire lives um, up and down during the night. Um, and so I get it honest and the night terrors more so when I was in like elementary middle school. Um, but since then it would just be bouts of insomnia and Mm. I still have that. Like I'll have a bad month and then I'll have a few good months and then I'll have a bad month again. Um, it comes and goes in waves, but, uh, yeah, that would be the, the only thing (laughs) that would like make me feel even a little bit better or trick my mind into feeling a little bit better enough to where I could go to sleep. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm not as well, like, I don't know. I'm not even well researched on anxiety, but I'm definitely not on depression. But I could see where kind of you don't know you're in it until you're in it. And then yeah. if you don't have that loved one kind of pointing it out and being able to say that, I'm able to point it out enough now because I'm so, I mean, it's my anxiety easy, you know? Right. Um, I'm just like hyper aware of everything that I'm kind of tuning into it. Um, so yeah, that'd be interesting if somebody or several of you would message us and say like, if you struggle with depression and if you have developed any coping strategies or like do you know during yeah or stuff and i sound really like i'm not even meaning this in like a um i absolutely not in a disrespectful way um i'm just genuinely curious because my anxiety would never let me have or go without a plan you know what i mean yeah um and but you're talking about insomnia i kind of do that too where i'll have like good months and then bad months um it's not necessarily months i guess a couple weeks where I'll tell Hunter, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just like wide awake at one thirty, and there's no reason, yeah, you know. And I didn't, I won't realize how much anxiety and thoughts are going through my mind, and then kind of once that resolves, I'm sleeping like a baby or whatever. Yeah. But it's surprisingly never really been an issue for me, because usually my doctors are like, are you having a lot of insomnia? Is it hard to fall asleep? I'm like, no, I'm happiest when I'm asleep. Yeah. Like, I'm good. I could fall asleep at the drop of a pen and then sleep on till morning and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, the way it functioned for me is usually on the front end. Like, I just can't settle down. I can't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And, and there are times where I'm like, I'm not even worried about anything. Right. Like, I'm just, I can't sleep. Yeah. Like, I can't go to, I just can't fall asleep. And, and I've tried lots of stuff and, you know, to try to go to sleep, melatonin, all that jazz. Um, and nothing really seemed to, short of sleep medication, right. nothing really seemed to help that that well. Um, but it'll either be that, like like you said, just laying awake <laughs> until one thirty in the morning, or it'll be up and down, like I'm well not up and down, but like I'm awake every hour on the hour. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, yeah. it, and and it's a vicious cycle because I would be so anxious about having to wake up the I next day. I was just thinking that. That it, the anxiety of having to wake up would keep me waking up. Yes. And I would be like, five more hours till I have to get up. Right. Four more hours till I have to get up. Three more hours till I have to get up. Two more hours till I have to and, and it would just, and then I'd be miserable the yeah. next day. Miserable. Yeah. Because I had no real sleep. Just a series of naps. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I was exactly thinking that. Literally a series of that. naps. Oh, and there were there, obviously there was days where I showed up in, you know, clothes that weren't clean or, like yeah. not dirty, but just like I shouldn't wear this. I've worn it, you know. Yeah. And you, you know, I washer. really needed to take a shower, but I just kind of like, you know, 
put some water in my hair to get it, you know, decent enough looking and then walked out the door. Um, but that's, you know, and those, those were the times when I, when I was doing that, I was like, I'm depressed. Yeah. That's when it finally clicked for me. I was like, oh, that uh, byline, uh, <laughs> when they talk on like anxiety medication commercials, they're like, are you experiencing this, 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 and this? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yes. Oh, wait. To all those things right now. I am frolicking through a field of flowers right now. I am depressed. Yeah. <laughs> like all those commercials. Uh, yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, that's me. And then that like finally realizing, realizing it actually did help me a little because then I knew like, well, this is because I'm depressed. I need to do this and this and maybe that will help. And sometimes it didn't, sometimes it didn't. Um, but I would try to do something like, even if it was just like go out in the front yard for a few minutes and just be in sunlight. Yeah. That <laughs> like, makes a difference. Yeah. And I, and I think I've talked about this before, but I've, I've never, <laughs> I've never not had a, had a job where I didn't kind of sit in the dark all day. Like <laughs> when I was working at the church, I did a lot of editing, a lot of graphic design and you know, you want, I always liked having the lights down so that I can kind of see what the colors were looking like on the screen better. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to deal with the glare of a lamp or anything like that. And so it was dark. And then IT guys are notorious for sitting in the dark. <laughs> so we never had the lights on in our building or in our office. Um, and then <laughs> even now in my classroom, uh, like I have a light that kind of sits behind my desk, like on a, on a file cabinet uh-huh. and then I have a light on the opposite corner of, on the other corner of the same side of the room and then I have a string two strings of Christmas lights that kind of go around my whiteboard uh-huh. and then the light from the big recordex it's, it's called recordex but it's a TV essentially that you can okay. touch it's like a giant iPad almost oh, okay um, but it looks like a TV and the light from it that's the only light in the room how do y'all stay awake I do. Fine. I would be I, snoring. I swear, at the beginning of the year, the kids always come in and go, why do you keep it so dark in here? And then... <laughs> I say that to mom and dad every day. I know. Why do you keep it so dark in here? And then go month two, somebody will walk in and flip on the lights, and they'll all turn into vampires. They're like... <laughs> you know, like, turn the lights off. We don't turn on the lights in here. Turn the lights off. Or if I, if somebody, if for some reason, I have to turn on the lights, oh, God. They're like, turn the lights off. You have to give them a light warning. Oh, I do. I do. Okay. But they're just like, they act like it's they're miserable. Well, you are turning light on a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. And I'm like, remember the end of the year when you guys were like, why do you keep the lights off? It's because I hate these lights. Oh, I literally even, there's an emergency light in the room. <laughs> I'm telling myself now. There's an emergency light. I'm, my admit, I've seen it. They're fine with it. But <laughs> it's it doesn't turn off. Like, it's battery right. back up. So, like, if something happened and the power goes out in school, those lights will be on at least for a while so everybody can see where to get around and stuff, create, stop an accident from happening while people are trying to move. Fine. I hate it. So, (laughs) and the kids hate it too. Because what happens is it's like in the middle of the room. So, there's like one table of kids that are like illuminated. Yeah. (laughs) And then everybody else is kind of like, why is that one random light on? And so, I actually went on Amazon and bought this like thing that has magnets and it's a diffuser. And it like kind of diffuses the light. Oh, uh, it's not complete. It doesn't completely block it out, but it kind of diffuses it. And even that was kind of too bright. Oh my god! So I have something else inside it that kind of like <laughs> like dampens the light even more. Um, oh god! But you know, but I also get a lot of comments talking about how cool my room is. So you know, there's that. Well, but, yeah, because they're probably going in there and taking like nodding off a, a little bit. No, not from, kid, from from other teachers. Oh. Teachers are talking about how cool my room is. So. I guess. Yeah, I no. mean, those fluorescent lights suck. They're awful. They always gave me headaches. They're awful. Too. And a lot of teachers will just have lamps and leave those off. But oh, man, uh, they usually have a few more than I do. Yeah. If anybody comes to my house right now, it is lit up like Times Square. Our house is so bright. We have <laughs> probably 60 puck lights in just right. the main part of our So house. those who don't understand, Kate and uh, and Hunter uh, remodeled a home. And yeah. so, yeah, they may have gone a little overboard with the lighting, maybe. I didn't care because our old house had like two windows and I hated it because, you know, our house growing up, we had all those windows in the living room and oh, you yeah. could use just daylight, and right. which was kind of what I was going to talk about too. I've noticed that if we have a couple of back-to-back like rainy or cloudy days, I definitely dip into that like oh, yeah. blue mode. Um, 
But I told Hunter when we were building this house, I was like, I want windows. We have like a seven foot by four foot window in our living room. Like everything. I was like, I need all the sunlight coming in plus all these leather lights. And so it truly does look like Times Square. There ain't no napping. I actually <laughs> did get an, a lamp. I did bring that to myself. But uh, yeah, no, it's lit up because yeah. I just, I need that. I told Hunter the other day I needed one of those alarm clocks that like emits the like sunshine. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'm Or a like happy. slowly, quietly comes on instead of one loud blaring song. Like, well, I have Dr. Dre for, comes waking up. me up. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yeah, that's why I want to move to Florida, though, because I was like, I need this sunshine. I'm so much happier when it's sunny outside. Yeah. And it's obviously linked, I think, to my mental health. But, you know, that's never affected me hmm. like the seasonal depression thing until this year interesting like and it, it wasn't hard it wasn't like very hard or strong it was just like i usually you know me i love the winter because i finally feel comfortable <laughs> because i'm a big guy and i sweat so like from like late march until december i am sweating always Yum. um and so i you know i prefer the winter normally because i'm more comfortable I'm, you know, going outside. I actually enjoy being outside because it's cool. Right. Um, I know people on the other side of this right now are listening and go, how? How do you enjoy winter? It's terrible. Yeah. Um, I just would prefer to be cold than I would be hot. I, not just me. But this year, I kind of noticed, like, beginning of January, I was like, all right, I'm over this. Interesting. Like, I'm ready to move on. I wonder if this is because this is like, been your happiest year in a Wow. It in has a long been. Time. It, it really has been my happiest year in a long time. So I wonder if, like, yeah, if that has anything to do with it. It could. Not to call you out on that, but. No, it, could, it really could. I mean, like, just, you know, and that just goes to show you that, like, uh, as much as we talk about, we laugh about having anxiety symptoms in common or depression symptoms in common and laughing about that, it, it could change. Yeah. Like, you know, how I remember as a kid, you know, I still have terrible allergies. But the way your allergies affect you change. Mm. Um, and so, like, it's kind of works in a similar way. Yeah, like, evolving. Right. It kind of evolves, like, um, in the same way that things in your life change that cause you to have different anxieties than maybe you did years ago. Those could manifest and affect your body in different ways than they used to. Yeah. At least that's been my experience. But. Now that, I mean. Yeah. That has to be valid. It makes sense to me. I don't know. But once <laughs> again, we me. have no clue what we're talking about. We never have any clue what we're so... talking about. I do have some kind of facts to spit. Okay. Um, okay. Look at you coming all prepared. She's researched <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in her life. Um, so on that Anxiety and Depression Association of America, I love that we have a club. I feel so included. <laughs> I'm in a club. Anyways. Uh, um, so what do we have to do to get in? I don't, I don't know. Probably yeah. just Google it. Um, so it said in the two articles that 6.8 million U.S. adults suffer with anxiety over the course of a year. But 17.3 U.S. adults or million, 17.3 million U.S. adults suffer with depression during the year. At least wow. one depressive episode. Yeah. I so. thought those numbers... It sounds right to me, but I thought those numbers would be closer together. Right. Because you always hear how like, so like anxiety is so prevalent. I don't know when these were done, but that was like on the website today. Sure. So um, I don't know. Yeah. How recent those studies were. Well, they probably all changed with COVID. To kind of tickle back or whatever on that. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> um, uh, there's been such an uptick in uh, mental health issues. Um big reason is the pandemic right um and anxiety has been on the rise um we're coming up yeah our numbers are the growing revolution. strong <laughs> our club is building <laughs> oh god it's the what? club you wish no one else was in um but yeah it, and it, it's becoming an issue like yeah you know um more and more adults are getting put on medication and first now you know now beginning to say that they're struggling with issues and i think the pandemic was a huge spark for a lot of that but again i, I really thought those numbers would be the same uh, closer to the same because so many people with anxiety end up with depression 
Mm-hmm. And that was something I talked to my doctor a lot about was, um, you know, we're going through the, the gambit of questioning when you kind of talk about this with your doctor. Right. She kind of started asking me like, well, let's talk about depression. And is this, you know, this? And I'm like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, yep. That's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, but she was saying, well, it makes total sense because there's a lot of people with anxiety who end up with depression because the anxiety is so debilitating mm-hmm. that a lot of people just recoil into what becomes depression. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, for sure. Um, so yeah, anyway, sorry, I got a sidetrack. No, that, I mean, that's completely true. I meant to say that earlier. I, I'm already very independent. Right. And so I have to kind of be careful with myself of becoming too independent and too recluse. Um, not necessarily with Hunter, just because he and I are both very independent, but like my friends and stuff, like I'm like, oh, I'm fine not going out. Like I'm fine not going, mm-hmm. you know, I don't care. And I have to be very conscious of that because that in- anxiety and the overwhelming worry, like you said, it does kind of, it just builds up so much and that's where the ebb and flow is. And then it mm. just kind of, before it comes back down, you just run back down into like, I just can't do anything. I'm freezing. Right. So. Yeah. It's that, like you said, that freeze. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also said on my research <laughs> that <laughs> it had a quote and I actually really liked it. So, well, not really a quote. This is in the informational part about anxiety. Yeah. Um, it said all anxiety disorders may relate to a difficulty tolerating uncertainty and therefore many people with generalized anxiety disorder try to plan or control situations. Sound familiar? Yep. Um, many people believe worry prevents bad things from happening, so they view it as risky to give up worry. And it, mm. that that should go on my tombstone. <laughs> it's risky to give up worry. Because <laughs> that's how, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah. I mean, I'm just constantly like, it, well, I just have to have a plan for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was talking about my potential knee surgery that I didn't know for sure that I was going to have, like, a month in advance and telling Hunter, like, okay, well, we're going, like, you're supposed to go out of town these days, so if I have surgery, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, Kate, like, absolutely not. And I'm just like, I don't know if this is going into kind of those OCD tendencies where I'm, like, filling that loop and it's unhealthy or if I'm actually being healthy preparing ahead of time. I don't know. Um, I don't care because I'm just going to do it anyway. (laughs) But but I'll tell Hunter, I'm like, I just need to know a plan and talk about it. So I can at least kind of settle with that. And then, like, I could talk out loud to you about that. And then once we discover – or once we – like establish that I can go back and forth with all the voices in my head about what we're going to do with that plan. Um, so that, yeah, that's why I like that quote. I was like, Oh, I should definitely share that. That yeah. was, it is funny for me. Cause I don't, I don't feel like I make plans, but I definitely like run scenarios. Oh yeah. That's, that is mine. Like yeah. I will sit there and just think and think and think a thing to death, like overanalyze, overcomplicate, overthink, and ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it's not that perf- perfectly fine. Well, I do that too. But once you get to the next tier in our club, oh, that's when they go through planning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a gold member elite yet. No, so no. I have to go on the retreat and then come back <laughs> yes. and earn those badges, and then I can. Yes. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And then Thanks you'll for sell the cookies. That. Yeah. Right. We we have. <laughs> Depression cookies that Depression. we sell. Oh my gosh, we'd make a killing. Well, Kate, where are you now? Like, how's anxiety and depression now um, as it relates to depression? I mean, do you still feel like you have your days? Oh, yeah. Yeah? yeah. How frequent? Um, well, honestly, I mean, I, to- I already told you, like, it kind of feels like it cycles up with my cycle. I think I told that last time where I was kind of... um going into like stopping my birth control and all that stuff. But I had to talk to my like three doctors at first. <laughs> um, so I actually am stopping the, I d- have stopped the birth control to kind of see where that helps me. Um, so hopefully it will be better because I definitely noticed like more mood changes with my birth control. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's at least once a, once a month and then it kind of also depends on what's going on. If I have a lot of things that are giving me anxiety, like, 
truly bothering me. You know, not the day to day, but uh, like say like Blair has this, I have my surgery, Hunter has this going on, and so and so has this going on, and I'm just feeling very kind of unstable. But <laughs> 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 um, I that's where I start to recoil. Uh-huh. And I, that's when I'll tell Hunter, I'm just like, everything's just so heavy right now. And mm. I don't know what to do. I just need you to know. Um, so what about you? Um, I would say once a week, but it's probably more like once every 10 days or so. Okay. Nine or 10 days. Um, that I'll just, I'll just wake up blue. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and it, sometimes it's sparked by something and sometimes it's not. Um, yeah. But I'll just wake up like that. And, you know, without fail, Leah will go, are you okay? And I'm like, mm, I'm just kind of, I'm in a funk today. Yeah. You know, um, and there's, you know, but now being aware of it and knowing how to combat it, I, there are times where like, I'm feeling that way and I'll text Leah like, we got to go for a walk or something mm-hmm. today. And so we'll go to the park and walk and, you know, take the dogs or something and, and try to, and that usually helps me kind of fight it off. Yeah. And I feel better about that afterwards. It's kind of like a little turbo boost for your medic- medication <laughs> yeah. to get you over the hump. Yeah. That's also something I learned that I was going to say. Um, I act like I did all this stuff. I read like two articles. <laughs> um, so I think, and I might be misquoting, but I know the general idea. So to be diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder, which I have, it has you have to have like a certain amount of the X amount of symptoms for I think a course of over the course of six months mm-hmm. for you to be diagnosed with that with generalized anxiety disorder. There's other kinds, um, but depression you had to have like five of the ten symptoms for just two weeks for you wow. to be diagnosed with um, like the the um, like the the basic depression. I don't know. There's other depressions yeah. that I realize chronic depression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was very interesting to me because. And it just I'd like to rule out other life stressors for the anxiety and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm like, <laughs> easy. Well, I think maybe that is, maybe that's part of the anatomy of these two different diseases is like depression can be, anxiety can totally be sparked by a moment and then one life mm-hmm. event could cause a lot of anxiety. But then once that settles out, the anxiety can kind of go away. Right. Whereas the depression can do that too. Um, But... A lot of times, it it takes longer to get over, mm-hmm. um, and maybe that's where they're coming off well, of. Is like let's find it early so that we can. Yeah, or maybe just like the normal grief cycle, and then if you're talking about things in the past, I guess it's because it is the past. Maybe it's, it's not going to change. Yeah, whereas anxiety, the situation is now gone. Right, and so it's like you're anxious beforehand and then you waited a couple months the situation has happened and then now you're on to something else like maybe if it's like a recurrent right um, there was a different depression diagnosis or something another title for it for like a life event that mm-hmm. happened and then it was probably like a six month span but then it's kind of resolved on its own mm-hmm. um, that was a completely different it was like something something with depressive mood Oh, okay. Very informative, I know. But yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so anybody that wants to look at our club <laughs> webpage. Oh, Lord. So. All right. We've jumped back between the, the, the D and the D. Yep. Yep. Disney and depression. What a great combo. I'm sure Mickey was blue sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying that to um, minimize depression. Right. Yeah. No. But yeah, you know, um it's one of those things that I just now I'm just super more mindful of. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm better equipped now to deal with it than I was in the past, but Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, is there anything else, Kate? Uh no. Um I know last time we talked about uh sharing about our um experience with the medium with our <laughs> oh, grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably still my favorite thing to discuss with anybody ever, but we've run out of time. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to do like a, uh, maybe like some kind of a spirituality now, like where we are now type of episode. Should we add it to our Patreon with the bowel movements? 
Yes. So uh, <laughs> if you sign up for Patreon, you get <laughs> Kate's shits, and you also get <laughs> our exclusive Kate and Taylor contact their parents from the grandparents. beyond. Grandparents. Grandparents. Oh, Sorry. God. Sorry. Grandparents. Sorry, Mom and Dad. Knock on wood. Oh, gosh. Knock on wood. All of it. Yep. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, so maybe we can wrap that up into an episode. That'll be interesting. That will be interesting. Okay, cool. Well, uh, make sure you go online and check us out at Slightly Unstable Pod on Instagram. If you have any questions or uh, things you'd like to say about the show or things you liked or things you didn't like, uh, rantings and ravings, you can send those to slightlyunstablepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yep. Cool. All right. (laughs) Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. Bye. Bye.